You're listening to the Tweakwo Podcast. On the off chance that I have a long weekend, just like this past weekend, I always plan out my days. Like the day before that weekend starts, I do every single thing that I have to do so I am just left alone. I do every errand I could possibly do. I do every single thing on my wife's honey-do list. I want my time uninterrupted by life's little noises. The most important decision that I want to make is what am I going to snack on or what's the next thing I'm going to watch. But somehow or another, I always get interrupted. It's almost like fate just can't seem to leave me alone. I'm Jake Alexander in the Vault 319 recording room, and this is the Tweakable Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host of the list. How the hell are you? I am doing just fine wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope you are doing fine as well, too. It is uh, it's a good day here at the vault. It's raining, but that's OK. You know, plants need grass. You know, I mean, plants need water. Grass need water. You know, everything needs water to live. Every living thing needs water to live. So, you know, I'm OK with the rain. Plus, you know, when I go to take a nap later on in the day, you know, this, this rain is going to make me you know, make my body calm down nice. I'm going to sleep like a baby. Uh, it's been good, man. Just came off the uh, Independence Day weekend, July 4th and all that. Had fun over my uh, god brother's house. Lots of fireworks, lots of food, lots of booze, lots of loud music, a lot of kids running around. But, you know, all in all, it's great. It's, it's always good to get away and, from your own little vault and go visit other folks, man. It's, ain't that what we learned through the whole pandemic, right? Everything being locked down, us not being able to see each other. Just always good to be around other folk outside of your house and it, you know i had a ball uh hell if you've been paying attention to the uh instagram page saw a couple of videos of the fireworks and heard some of the music we were playing we we're just having a good old time so uh hopefully next holiday you know everybody can come over my house and and uh we can have a good old time right here in my my little old backyard but uh, either way uh today is going to be just a normal episode we're going to review loki but before we do that i want to talk about something that was said over the weekend about comic book movies in general and about um black widow and marvel specifically but we'll deal with that when we get around to it uh first let's dive into some news what's up everybody it's jake alexander the voice in the void the lone wolf your favorite host of the list how the hell are you i am doing just fine wherever you are whatever you're doing i hope you are doing fine as well too it is uh it's a good day here at the vault it's raining but that's okay you know plants need grass you know i mean plants need water grass need water you know everything needs water to live every living thing needs water to live so you know i'm okay with the rain plus you know when i go to take a nap later on in the day you know this, this rain is going to make the you know make my body calm down nice i'm gonna sleep like a baby uh it's been good man just came off the uh, independence day weekend july 4th and all that had fun over my uh, god brother's house lots of fireworks lots of food lots of booze lots of loud music a lot of kids running around but you know all in all it's great it's, it's always good to get away and from your own little vault and go visit other folks man it's ain't that what we learned through the whole pandemic right everything being locked down us not being able to see each other just always good to be around other folk 
outside of your house. And, it, you know, I had a ball. Uh, hell, if you've been paying attention to the uh, Instagram page, you saw a couple of videos of the fireworks and heard some of the music we were playing. We were just having a good old time. So uh, hopefully next holiday, you know, everybody can come over my house and, and uh, we can have a good old time right here in my, my little old backyard. But uh, either way, uh, today is going to be just a normal episode. We're going to review Loki. But before we do that, I want to talk about something that was said over the weekend about comic book movies in general and about um, Black Widow and Marvel specifically. But we'll deal with that when we get around to it. Uh, first, let's dive into some news. So if you've been listening to this podcast for even a week, you understand that I'm a blurt. I'm a black nerd. I've been a nerd all my freaking life. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no matter what you talk about. Uh, I talk about movies. I can talk about anything scientific. I can talk about comic books and music, K-pop. But it, it doesn't matter. I'm a complete nerd. I love those things. They always, those were my constant companions in a childhood that would have been very lonely without them. <laughs> so, um, I, so I grew up knowing that you know, as much as I loved them, other people hated them. It and, it and it didn't matter what it was, right? If I loved dinosaurs, somebody's going to hate dinosaurs. I loved comic books, somebody's going to hate comic books. Uh, tons of people still hate comic books. But now in this new era of, of nerdiness, obviously we have the MCU and the DCEU and all the movies that they put out on a very fairly consistent basis. But for as many people that love them, there are plenty of people who just, uh, you know, totally hate them. Uh, I never understood the hate and you know, I kind of ignore it, but something happened over the weekend, uh, basically starting Friday that sort of bugged me. So I want to talk about it. Steven Dorf. Do you know the name? I'm, I'm pretty sure if you know anything about uh, comic book movies, then you understand the name. If you don't know the name, Steven Dorf is the man who played Deacon Frost. Uh, Deacon Frost was the villain in the, uh, first blade movie. Uh, basically the, a uh, movie that turned the entire fortunes of the whole entire comic book uh, movie franchise uh, franchises around uh, until that first Blade movie came out. Uh, the only successful, truly successful uh, comic book movie before that was uh, Batman 1989. Um, uh, yeah, and then Blade dropped, and then it basically made everybody think, hey, maybe we can, you know, actually do comic book movies again. Um, so Friday, Saturday, he did an interview uh, in the UK with a UK's paper called the independent. And he had some very interesting things to say. And it's, it's it, they're really bad in my opinion. So he, he said of the upcoming black widow movie that it looks like garbage and uh, you know, and it, that it looked like a bad video game. And he went on to criticize Marvel and DC and by extension and uh, comic book movies in general saying that uh, he doesn't really give a shit about them and that he hunts out uh, the good shit. Right. Because he doesn't want to be in a movie like the Black Widow. I uh, went on to say that acting in 2021 and uh, lately has been just one big game show. And at the Oscars is the most embarrassing thing he'd ever seen. Um, he says of TV and film that it's basically just one big clusterfuck of content, considering that everybody is uh, getting into streaming services and whatnot. So, I mean, that, this is not the first time we've heard you know, stuff like this about comic book movies and everything that's going on. Like Martin Scorsese said it in 2019 and Francis Ford Coppola a year after that basically agreed with every single word that Martin Scorsese said. So I wanted to address uh, basically just what Stephen Dorff said. I'm not really, uh, really worried about what Martin Scorsese said, considering that this is the same man that directed the bad video for Michael Jackson. So he has really no footing to, uh, 
you know, speak ill of stepping into pop culture to uh, put their stamp on anything. So, right. <laughs> and Francis Ford Coppola is basically the same thing. And so I'm just not going, I'm just going to ignore them. I want to address uh, Steve, what Stephen Dorff said, because basically what Stephen Dorff said is just a hundred percent hypocritical, right? Um, just listen to the words coming out of his mouth and then realize where he came from. Uh, his first big starring role was in the blade movie. He got his, you know, his name out there, in a in such a wide way because of his involvement with a comic book movie he's just a hundred he's just a hundred percent hypocrite right um just last year he was very complimentary about them doing a new version of uh, the blade movie and uh casting maharshala ali in the role of blade um maharshala ali was his uh castmate and um i forgetting the, the show on hbo that they were on together but um he he said, and I'm going to quote exactly what he said. It's, it probably should have been done a while ago. This is Stephen Dorff now. It probably should have been done a while ago. But I think it's good for him. But, you know, I mean, I love the guy. To have such a great actor in the part of Blade for this generation, it'll be great. Now, if that's not just 100% hypocritical, I mean, now, then what is? I mean, that entire quote, it just sounds like a guy who, uh, who more than likely had 100% hope that with them redoing Blade and his co-star, Marshall Ali, is now Blade, and maybe that they would, you know, let him reprise his role as Deacon Frost. I mean, if he's in, if he's going to be a vampire, then he would best basically fit the role, right? He's supposed to look like he's aged just a little bit, which would fit exactly how he looks now. He doesn't have to really do anything, maybe get in better shape than what he already actually is, whatever, who knows. But yeah, it sounds like a guy who was hoping that they would uh, give you know extend the role to him and let him into the MCU. But you know, after all those words, then you <laughs> let's be for real. I doubt very seriously if Kevin Feige or any of them are going to uh, be giving him a call. And my biggest problem with uh, what I see uh, is the biggest problem with his attitude and his words and the words of the directors like Scorsese and Coppola is that it, it harkens back to the same thing I spoke about in season one of this podcast. I said that I wanted the old ways to die, that they had to die, right? That there was no going back to the, the quote unquote normal. We needed a new normal. Dorf, Coppola, Scorsese, they all represent the old school, the old ways of doing things. That old way has very little, to almost no space for starring roles for like African-Americans and women and Asians or any other minority outside of, the, outside of them playing stereotypes or, you know, played out tropes. Marvel and Disney, WB and DC, each side of that coin. Say what you will about them. Doesn't matter if you want to say they're evil, whatever. But there's a level of equality within those universes that it's still very new. And I know that scares the shit out of the old guard. Um, we don't need every single film to be our brow, maybe uh, highbrow and artsy, which is what Steven Dorff wants and what Scorsese wants and Coppola wants. And I understand that some movies should be, but we're talking about action movies and action movies have always been like this, right? Um, and action movies have come a long way in helping to define and redefine film and TV. And it's about goddamn time that we honor that particular genre. It's, it's time that we stop omitting it simply because it's louder, uh, you know, than all the other films uh, in, in other categories. So with all due respect to Steven Dorff and everyone else that, you know, he got some type of artistic problem with the MCU and the DCEU, DCEU. Hey, I can only say this. Go take a leap. We'll be right back. 
whole. So this one is going to be a long one because this was just a really good episode. And it's a handful of stuff that I want to touch. So here we are, Loki, episode five. We got this episode and one more to go, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be good. I just know it's going to be good. Um, so just like I told you last time, before we really dive into this and say, if I say anything, if you haven't watched the episode, go watch it. Come back and listen to this portion of the podcast. I don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't watched it. And quite frankly, if you haven't watched it, but you're just kind of like tuning into this so I can give you the recap, don't do that to yourself. Go watch the episode. There are like little little things and how people act out things and, you know, that I'm not going to touch on because they're, you know, I don't want to go over every little thing. It'll take way too damn long anyway for me to do that. So, and I want you to watch the episode. Watch the episode and then come back and listen to this. So you ready? Because I've already given you a warning. So you ready? So let's go. So everything is upside down in the TVA and in the Loki, right? And, and it is upside down and the way the camera opens the show kind of going upside down and turning all the way around and kind of fits the whole thing. So our Loki, the 2012 Loki, is up and demanding answers from the three variants we saw at the end of the last episode. But all they want to do is to keep moving as to not be destroyed by uh, Eliath. This is Eliath is this giant cloud monster that's reminiscent of Galactus. <laughs> in uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, but this one actually looks menacing. This one actually looks like it'll actually fucking kill you. <laughs> so they escort our Loki to their lair, which is underground, after some interesting dialogue and a shitload of Easter eggs, which we'll touch on later. Uh, did I mention that there's a Gator Loki? Yeah, that that's a thing. Look, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> so uh, back at the TVA, Sylvia's doing her absolute best to get uh, answers from Ravana, but our our Lady Judge is playing possum and holding out for Minutemen to come and rescue her. Uh, Miss Minutes, who gets uh, summoned to give information to uh, Sylvie, she gets to call out, but not before we and Sylvie learn that Loki, along with everyone and everything that has ever been uh, pruned, they aren't actually dead or gone. They exist in a place called the Void at the very end of time. So before we get any further than that, the Minutemen come to Ravana's aid and corner Sylvie, but being a Loki with a plan, Sylvie prunes herself as I scream at the TV, what the fuck, for the 100th time in about three weeks. So we find out later that uh, the Minuteman B-15, the black lady, uh, she's alive and she's being held in the cell, which is good because I thought for a second that she had got killed in, uh, during the fight in the, uh, in the uh, timekeeper's chamber. But yeah, she's alive and she's in a cell. And she tells Ravana that Sylvie will succeed where Ravana will not. And that's finding the uh, head, whoever the... Uh, head of the TV, actual TVA is. Uh, so back on the void, Loki is trying to convince the other three variants to help him uh, try to kill the uh, this this little clown monster, Elias. But they don't, they ain't trying to hear it. So he decides to leave. But before he can leave out of this little underground lair, he is stopped by President Loki and several other uh, variant Lokis, and they besiege the lair. And lo and behold, it's one of the Loki that's with them, the boisterous Loki, the black guy with the hammer, who is helping these people besiege the lair. Uh, but, you know, classic Loki style, every single Loki in this place starts to betray each other. So the only ones left standing and they escape is classic Loki, kid Loki, and our 2012 Loki. So they escape and they roll back out to the surface of the void and they decide that, hell, uh, we might as well try to de destroy Elias and try to get out of this place. Um, we finally find, we finally catch up with Sylvie as she arrives in the void, but, uh, she's trying to dodge the tentacles of Eliath and she gets help from Mobius, our returning Mobius. Thank God he's still there, right? He shows up in a car <laughs> of all things, a pizza delivery car. And he saves, uh, he saves Sylvie and they drive off in search of, uh, Loki. 
Uh, a few minutes later, Sylvie, Mobius, in the car. Uh, 2012 Loki meetup. That You can say that's by chance or by fate. Take your pick. That's up to you. And they began an attempt to enchant Elioth and to get around him instead of trying to kill him. Mobius takes the temp pad from Sylvie that she brought with her into the void and returns to the TVA to, quote, burn it to the ground. <laughs> Go Mobius. I love that dude. <laughs> See, our anti-heroes engage uh, Elioth, and they do actually succeed, but it's only thanks to an Asgard-sized distraction from classic Loki, who ends up being destroyed by Elioth in the process, leaving behind only his golden, golden-era comics horns. But, you know, honestly, that's a good death for the one Loki out of all the ones we've met who actually understands what his glorious purpose is. So let me just say this about the episode. I loved everything in the episode. I understand that there are problems with the episode and I'm about to cover a few of them, but I, I still love the episode just like I love the other one. This episode, problem number one, seemed very, very rushed. Now, I understand why it seemed very, very rushed. This is episode five out of episode six, and they had a lot to get through. As much as it felt rushed, I'm okay with it feeling rushed because it didn't seem, it wasn't rushed in a bad way. Everything that needed to be done in this uh, episode, it was something that needed to be done right away because time is of the essence and, you know, they don't have time to spare. And that's what our characters were doing. It was, hey, we have to make a decision now. We have to do this now. We have to move now. We have to act now. And that was the entire tempo of this episode, which was fine. I am not hating on it, but I'm just letting you know now if you are listening to this even though you didn't watch the episode, which I told you not to do, but hey, if you're listening to this uh, instead of watching the episode first, that's the tempo of the episode. Everything's going to feel rushed, but there's a reason for it. So just overlook it and go with the flow. It's a rushed flow, but just go with it. Um, the only other problem that I had, um, if you are not well-versed in Marvel comic dogma, there are a lot of things that happen and a lot of things that you see that are they are going to just throw you for a loop. Like what in the hell? Like alligator Loki. I, even I don't even know where that comes from. Right. Maybe it's just an inside gag, which I honestly think is just an end gag, which is, it's kind of cool. <laughs> there, there's that, there's one point, um, side note, there's one point where, uh, when the, uh, all the variant Lokis and the president Loki who actually Tom Hiddleston plays the president Loki, which is kind of crazy because, you know, all the other variants are played by other people, but that one particular variant is actually played by Tom Hiddleston again. That's fine. I'm all, I'm all for that. Um, um, there's, uh, there's one point where the, uh, that president Loki variant, uh, says something to the alligator and the alligator bites his hand off. And as soon as he did it, the first thing I said was, Oh shit, he captain hooked his ass. <laughs> right. So, and when they all go to fight and he's fighting with one hand and, and you know, everybody in the room. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. That was kind of funny to me. Um, but yeah, this, uh, like I said, the episode feels rushed. There are a lot of things that you are not going to understand. Um, most of the things that you are not going to understand are Easter eggs. That's why I can overlook that too. If you're not, if you haven't watched any other episode, you can't watch this episode. You just can't. You can't watch episode five without having watched episode two, three, and four. Or even one, two, three, and four, right? Um, and I think episode six is going to be like that as well. You can't just jump into it and watching and enjoying and understand what's going on um but a lot of the disney shows are like that uh falcon and the winter soldier didn't have that problem though you can pretty much watch any episode and you'll be all caught up within a you know a matter of a minute even with the uh uh even with the uh recap at the beginning of the episode for loki you're just not going to get the context of 
uh, everything without watching the entire episode before it. So if you have not watched any other episodes, then just, just leave this alone. Watch it from the beginning. Watch it all the way through. You'll be a hell of a lot better off. Uh, I remember when we first decided to do these uh, reviews for uh, Loki, I was like waffling back and forth. Should I watch one episode at a time or watch them all the way through? I'm, I'm, I sh- I'm thinking maybe I should have would just wait and watch them all all the way through because there are just way too many what the fuck moments <laughs> that are like throwing me sideways and i just can't wait till next week uh but the main purpose of this episode the central thing of this episode was to push loki and sylvie back together after being separated uh after being caught inside the tva and him getting pruned um and they did a decent job of it with one scene which is was really good it was just one scene them sitting and talking about Hey, you know, them basically talking to each other and trying to figure out what is this thing, you know, between them that's going on. Is it something real or is it, you know, the one Loki trying to play the other one? It, you know, it, it 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 worked out well. Them both shivering and him conjuring up a, a blanket uh, to get close to each other. And it was really cute to where she he puts the blanket around her and she pulls it close and kind of leans into him. And she's struggles to say thank you and then he struggles to basically say you're welcome back and it was like what what damn that's them growing and that's pretty much all this episode was for even though they had a shitload of easter eggs and we understand where everything's going now with them uh enchanting uh Eliath and getting around him and actually the episode six is going to be them going right up to whoever in the hell is actually behind the tva i hey i can't wait till next week because i am going to love seeing who this actually is. And I'm letting you know now, I have no, not a single one. I have no theories about what's going to happen in episode six. After the last three episodes, not including this one, I was like, you know what? I don't know anything. Every time I come up with something, they throw me a curveball, and I am just completely wrong. So I am not going to try to come up with any theories for it. I'm just going to sit and watch it and enjoy it. And I hope you're enjoying it as well. Um, Like I said before, this entire episode was just a treasure trove of easter eggs for marvel comics nerds and anybody who has paid attention to any of the mcu movies and anybody who if you have any theories about what's coming next a lot of the easter eggs may point to you being correct and they may have you know destroyed your entire theory but who knows a couple of those easter eggs uh number one the episode title is a journey into mystery so if you are a marvel nerd you already know this but if not then here i'll, I'll tell you the journey into mystery title uh that was where thor began back in august 1962 with uh number 83 um the, uh later on kid loki and classic loki they appeared in the exact same uh series um that that title the uh, journey into mystery is where thor got its uh got its uh got its beginning and where loki got his uh his come his coming into his coming out party basically so i, was, I thought that was kind of neat um, the opening shot of the void, the Easter egg number two for me, uh, the opening shot of the void, uh, that Loki finds himself in. So we start uh, flying over this, what looks like a ravaged city, like this entire city got demolished. Right. Um, we see often off over to the right side, uh, in, in the distance, we see what looks like Stark tower, but it's not Stark tower because the name on the side of it is King Q E N G. Now, if you don't know who that is, King is a company run by name, run by a man named Mr. Gryphon, right? And it turns out that Mr. Gryphon is none other than King the Conqueror. So I thought that was a pretty neat Easter egg. They're doing their very damn best to uh, 
let you know that King the Conqueror is like a big damn deal with the candy and now this and the next Easter egg actually enough uh, number three uh, Eliath the smoke monster he first appeared in the the Terminator the Terminatrix objective back in 1993 the, the very first issue he was in it now him being uh, Eliath being in that series was very minor because it the entire series was really just focusing on Ravana Renslayer and yep King the Conqueror so uh, that moment in which uh, Eliath is uh, trying to destroy the uh, Asgard projection made by classic Loki and him trying to do him swinging through the buildings and trying to destroy the buildings. That's a direct recreation from a few of the panels from the comics. So I thought that was pretty neat. Look on the Instagram page later and or maybe tomorrow and I'll have those up so you can see the um, see how uh, it went from page into the TV show. Um, number four, Easter egg. This is one that was really cool for me. Uh, you got you have to be really like into comics to remember this and not even really into comics really into cartoons to remember this so back in the 70s like uh late 70s mid 70s the uh, spider-man had a uh a spider super stories uh series and he, he was on tv uh on pbs and whatnot and uh, often he would go up against thanos oddly enough um, one of the times that Thanos shows up, he shows up in the Thanos copter, right? So yeah, the Thanos copter is actually crashed and inside the void and they pan by it. Um, when the variants are running for their life with Loki at the beginning and you see the Thanos copter crash, actually has his name on the side of it. And I thought that was pretty funny. Most people don't understand that Thanos couldn't fly or do anything like that in the, you know, in, in that little short span of an era. And so he had the copter and yeah, his name was on the side of it, which I thought was just completely ridiculous, but you know, we, we were kids. All that shit was for kids, so we didn't give a shit. We thought it was, we thought it was cool. Uh, number five, which is, I, this one was kind of cute. Throg. I don't know if you know the name. Uh, if you don't, uh, see back in the 80s, uh, in the uh, comic book series, Loki turned Thor into a frog. And that happened in Thor number 364. Um, in Thor 365, that frog got his own little mini Molnir and he got the powers and he became Throg, not just a frog. Uh, so as the camera is panning down through the dirt as they enter the underground lair, uh, you see this little jar with this little thing jumping up and down in it. And the jar is labeled T365. Where that little thing jumping up and down is actually Throg. It's the Thor frog. And right above that jar is Molnir, the actual Molnir. Which, uh, that, that's a question I got for that. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, I thought that was kind of cool of them to throw that in there. Because, I mean, we've seen the references to Beta Ray Bill. Who, had, who, was, um, who was a wielder of Molnir. We know that... Um, uh, there's going to be Lady Thor in uh, Thor Love and Thunder. And now you have Throg, who is another version of Thor. So we've seen a handful of versions of Thor throughout this entire run of the MCU. So I thought that was pretty cool for him to throw that in there uh, in this little show. Um, number six, Easter egg. Um, I love the fact that when uh, they go to enchant uh, Eliath, um, Loki runs at him with a sword as uh, while trying to um, uh, distract him while... Uh, uh, Sylvie does her thing in, in doing the enchantment and the sword flames up. Right. And he starts waving at him. And he says, Hey, Hey, over here, come, come get me. And I'm looking at it. And as soon as he did it, the first thing I said was, Oh shit, that's straight out of Jurassic park. I mean, when you see the scene and then just remember what, uh, Ian Malcolm did to distract the T-Rex in the first Jurassic park. And you look at them side by side and you'll know that. Yeah, these, those are exactly the same things um there are just a ton of easter eggs i can't go through all of them because there's about 25 that i can think of off my head this uh last 
set. I'm just going to give you all, um, all of them all at once. Um, at one point we see, uh, the dark Aster that was Ronan, the accuser's ship that got destroyed. So we see that one. We see a giant helmet for a yellow jacket, uh, like the one worn by Corey Stahl in Ant-Man. We see a crashed, uh, shield helicarrier, uh, the license plate on Mobius's car, the one that little, the little pizza delivery, uh, vehicle he drives when he, uh, saves, um, save sylvie the license plate says grnw1d so this is a reference to the marvel comics writer mark grunewald now in marvel the man is an absolute legend he's created a couple of characters he's written for them for years he's just uh, an absolute legend but he's also the inspiration for how mobius looks in the comics and in the tv show and that license plate is for him um and then we also see the the heads of uh, of the living tribunal statue if you have no idea who the living tribunal is go look it up I, from, believe me for me to try to explain who the uh, living tribunal is right now it would literally take me another 20 25 minutes and i'm just not going to do that to you that's something we'll hold off for another day or you can go look it up yourself I always tell people to you know have your own exploration of the nerdy side of things yeah go go look at it living tribunal um yeah that though there's so many easter eggs in this freaking show man i mean it, it was literally just easter egg Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg, push Loki and Sylvie back together. Easter egg, Easter egg, action, Easter egg, Easter egg. And that, that pretty much was this whole episode. So we're going to have to wait to the sixth episode to get everything, you know, laid out to us and get everything, all the answers that we could possibly need. And I got questions. I need to know, is C20 still alive? Because when they said she was dead, they pruned her, but we didn't see her in this episode. I'm hoping that she's in the void somewhere. And by the time the episode six is over, they can, you know, swing her back into the TVA. Um, the Molnir that was above, uh, Throg when he was in the jar, is that the one that Hela destroyed in Thor Ragnarok? I need, I, I would love to know that answer. You're probably not going to get that answer in six, in the sixth episode, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. It's just something I was wondering. And, and there's something that uh, I was wondering, Loki doesn't know how to do an enchantment, right? He even says it in this episode and she grabs her, she, uh, Sylvie grabs his hand and like, like tightens her grip twice. On, uh, me, uh, tightens her grip on two different occasions, and all of a sudden he learns how to do in how to do enchantment, which is basically them working together, and him basically learning it through osmosis. So I'm wondering is is that meant that they are fated to be together? I remember the whole point of this and the whole point of the TVA is that hey, there's no such thing as fate. We control time. We control what happens. This, that, and the other. So is there an overarching force even above the tva that has faded them to be together and faded them to take down the tva right because that kind of points to it he doesn't know enchantment and just holding just holding her hand he learns how to do enchantment and it's and them together is powerful enough to enchant uh Elias. i need i need to figure out I, I need to know that right i don't give i don't care if it's just like a one-liner you know and <laughs> somewhere in the show i need i need that i need that question answered uh, yeah, I can't wait until, uh, this next episode. Um, it's nice to see that Loki finally found a family, which is <laughs> like him, uh, just a group of outcasts. Loki is an outcast, even among the Asgardians. And he's found a family. He's found a new brother in, uh, in Mobius. He's found a, a lover, wife in, uh, in Sylvie. He's found friends in the other variants. Uh, even, you know, even B-15 and C-20, hopefully C-20 comes back. Um, it's, it's good to see that he's found a family. 
Um, I the alligator Loki thing. I hope that there's it's going to be a ton of memes for it. Hell, I'm going to create a few of them myself, and you'll see them on the Instagram page. But I demand merchandise. I want a stuffed Loki uh, alligator. <laughs> Seriously, I want one. I want I want a stuffed Loki alligator just like I want a, a stuffed baby Yoda doll. Right. <laughs> so I I need one of them. And uh, and like I said before, I'm just happy to see the the growth between those two characters, Sylvie and um and Loki with, you know, her struggling to say thank you and him struggling, struggling to say you're welcome either way. But, uh, I just can't wait to episode six. That's next Wednesday. And I just, Hey man, I'll tune in just like you would tune in. Remember it's next Wednesday. Usually the episode drops, the episode drops very early in the morning here in the Eastern time zone. So I don't know what time it drops for y'all, but just make sure you keep an eye out for it. Cause they don't let you know what time they're going to throw it out there. They just throw it out there and say, Hey, here you go. Right. So, uh for right now i'm gonna leave that alone and i'm gonna go get some more coffee and when i come back we're gonna get up out of here stay tuned so that's it and that's all we're about to get out of here and go relax and you know get some sleep before i go to work later on but hey uh before we get out of here i want to ask you a question uh do you have a list of like 50 top movies of your life um I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're anywhere near my age if you're anywhere between the ages of say 35 and say 50 right if you're anywhere between those ages i'm pretty sure if you do a list of your top favorite uh 50 movies of all time not the top fest you know not the top 50 best you know according to box office but your personal 50 favorite movies and if you're anything like me i'm pretty sure a handful of those movies will be directed or you know in some way have involved Richard Donald. Now I bring that up because uh, July 5th, this is past uh, Monday, uh, late Sunday, Monday, Richard Donner at the age of 91 passed away. Now I bring it up again because Richard Donner has done so many movies that I have, you know, that pretty much define or help define um, my nerdiness and my life growing up in the 80s and 90s. Um, the man did The Omen. He did The, uh, the Goonies, uh, the Superman series. He did the Lethal Weapon series. He did Scrooge starring Bill Murray. I mean, how many people actually watched that movie and laughed and don't know that it was uh, Richard Donner that did the movie, right? Um, him passing away is just another reminder of just how much of my childhood is now growing, growing old and passing away. And it is really sad to see. Um, so in honor of him today, like we do on the last call on occasion, we have a drink in honor of something that happened during the week or something that we talked about during that particular podcast. So to this particular day, we got two particular drinks. One is a Superman shot, oddly enough. <laughs> well, not oddly enough, it is for him. And the other one is a Superman float. Now, if you never had a Superman shot, the recipe is on the, um, it will be on the Instagram page later on. And if you've never had a Superman float, I'll just tell you what it is. It's Superman ice cream. You put it, put a scoop into a cup and you pour a little bit of, um, uh, cream soda into the cup. It's just like a root beer float, but you use Superman ice cream and cream soda. I had those when I was a kid, and I don't know why I stopped eating those. Um, you pretty much can't buy Superman ice cream anymore because it's not actually called Superman ice cream. Because, you know, trademark, back in the day, trademarks really weren't, you know, that big a deal. You know, you make ice cream flavor with the name Superman, they considered it free advertisement. But now, it's a big deal, so you can't find Superman. But if you go to the store and you find Scooperman, it's the exact same thing. The flavor of the ice cream hasn't changed. But yeah, in honor of uh, Richard Donner, 
uh, have one of those drinks and just enjoy one of his movies. Like I said, I mean, look up his name on IMDb. I guarantee you there's at least three movies that he's done or been involved with that you like or love and is on your list of 50 uh, best movies that you like or love. And just say, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for your eye and your vision for movies. But let's be for real. As far as Superman goes, Superman, the first one, uh, the Richard Donner cut, not the theatrical cut. Theatrical cut was beautiful, right? But the Richard Donner cut, after he directed it, he went back and he they allowed him to cut the movie the way he wanted. So Zack Snyder's not the first one. Richard Donner is probably not even the first one either, but Richard Donner did this. He recut the movie and the movie wound up being from an hour and say 55 minutes to two and a half hours long. Um, and it was the better version by far. It is such a better version. When you look up Superman, which is on HBO Max, uh, spoiler alert, that will be on the weekend watch list. Um, uh, yeah, when you look up, uh, when you look up uh, to find the Superman movie, nobody even does the theatrical cut anymore. Everybody does the, the Richard Donner cut because it's just a better version of it. But that one movie is the template for superhero movies. Batman basically in 1989 basically copied it. Blade basically copied it. The, the, not, not the movie itself, uh, but how they told the story, how they, you know, how they presented the cinematography. They're, everybody's basically just copying off that Superman movie from, uh, I want to say it's 78, 79. I can't remember the exact year, but yeah, 78, one or the other. But they're basically just copying off of that. Um, that movie is just that good. And what can you say about like Lethal Weapon and the Goonies and the Omen and Scrooge? They're just great movies, especially like Lethal Weapon. It's one of the one of the two movies that made me want to be a cop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So just you know, say a prayer for the, their his uh, uh, friends and family. His wife is still alive, and she was his uh, business partner. She uh, when he was just uh, directing, she was basically the producer. So, uh, no, it's just sad. <laughs> and it sucks and that's it's not really a good way to end this but that's the way we're going to end it so uh for my producer nikki rev for everybody here at the vault it's raining outside and i'm starting to love it so i'm going to go have me a cup of tea and maybe one of those drinks if i can find uh you know the correct ingredients uh but until next time i love you all be safe be stay cool because it is freaking hot pretty much everywhere it's triple digits in most places right now but yeah stay cool i love you god bless you and peace <laughs>